Hey, what is up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by the incredible sponsors of the program, ChemicalFreeBody.com. If health and wellness is a priority for you, then check out the incredible products over at ChemicalFreeBody. Plant-based nutritional supplements from Super Greens, my favorite, with all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and micronutrients in just one single scoop. Toss it in your glass of water, your shake, your smoothie, however you want to do it. They also have other incredible products, gut detoxers, anti-inflammatories, immune boosters, and so much more. ChemicalFreeBody.com and check out that promo code, it's me, all one word, it's me for discounts at your checkout. And look, we have so many different insurance policies in our life. And if the last couple years has taught you anything, it taught me that storable food needs to be on that list. Prepare with itsme.com, the incredible products over at My Patriot Supply. They have four-week supply of food, three-month supply, all products with up to a 25-year shelf life. Have the peace of mind, ladies and gentlemen, of having storable food and have that supply on deck. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And uh, if you have, you know, shaving needs like nice chrome domes like me, SkullShaver.com is a whole new concept in face and head shaving. The products offered over there include men's head shavers, face shavers, hair clippers, and trimmers. And ladies, we haven't forgot about you with the butterfly kiss. And we also have a large selection of accessories to make your life that much more simple. All of the shavers come with uh, removable, washable blades made of premium Japanese stainless steel to ensure flawless results. It just makes it so much easier. You can get your shaving done anytime, anywhere, in or out of the shower. It gets no better. Skullshaver.com, front slash discount, front slash it's me. All of the links to these incredible products will be in the description of this episode. So without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. I'm so very stoked. I followed this man's career for some time and those he's represented for some time. I had the pleasure to actually meet him this summer during the Pat Militich Michael Nunn fight. He is the El Jefe over there at Legacy Fighting Alliance. He's the co founder of the Black House Fight Team. Like I said, he's the manager of such great. He used to manage uh, Junior Dos Santos, former champions, currently representing uh, Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira twins. I believe both of them, Jose Aldo, Leota Machida. And of course, if you've heard of him, he's possibly considered the best to ever freaking do it. Anderson, the Spider Silva. Ed Suarez is joining us today. Ed, thank you for taking the time, my friend. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thanks for the nice intro there. Well, that's all you, <laughs> man. You you did it. Uh yeah, I mean, I know we're, we're living in crazy times, man. I want to, you know, not keep you too long, but a lot of things I want to pick your brain on. So most specifically, when I talk to people who've done such incredible things, I always wonder where it started for them. For the MMA bug, when did that bite you? When did you get into the game, sir? Well, um, you know, I, you know, I've always been a fan of of MMA. Um, you know, I started uh, training jujitsu with Hoist. One around that time is when I started training, so that was God, almost 30 years ago, um, and um, that's when I started, uh, you know, kind of getting into MMA. I trained a little jujitsu, and then, and then of course, uh, you know, and then Hoist went, and then I actually moved away. And when I moved away, um, you know, Hoist, uh, that's when he fought in the in the first UFC, and uh, and you know, I've always been a fan of it, and and just. That's that's how I you know that's how I was into it you know what I mean that that's how I got into it initially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that time flies, man. Holy crap! <laughs> but I mean, I know it, as part of uh, this new company, well, not necessarily new Legacy Fighting Alliance was kind of a uh, some moves from back in the day. You know, um, 
Jeff Aronson, his group. Um, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. And then there was a merge with with. Uh, there's a couple merges going on that created yeah, L- LFA. Actually, yeah, actually, yeah, actually. So what happened was is that um, I uh, back in 2012, um, I got asked to become the president of the RFA. RFA, yes, um, which was Resurrection Fighting Alliance, and uh, I became the president of of that. And then um, right when that happened, um, there, there was a thing called, uh, a company at the time called Titan FC. Titan FC, which, that's um, right. Yes, which, sir. Yeah, but, but back then, I actually forgot the guy's name. Uh, Jeff, you know, Jeff one, of them, one of them was Jeff Aronson. That's who I had on my show when I no, worked. No, he wasn't, he, no, he wasn't, he wasn't the guy back then. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, he wasn't even involved in that. Uh, he wasn't even involved in the sport. I forgot the guy's Chad name. Chad Smith? Totally Chad something or other? Nope. Nope, it wasn't Chad. It was uh, Joe Kelly. That's what his name was. Okay, okay. Joe Kelly, was uh, he was the original guy who started Titan FC. And what ended up happening is this Titan FC was in a, in a financial, a little bit of a financial crunch, and um, he, they kind of approached the RFA to merge with them. And we decided to. But um, we also kind of put some stipulations in the contract um, that was that, you know, he had to follow through with some of the things that he promised. Um, and un- and what, what happened was is that's how we got on Access TV. Um, so what happened was is the RFA had done three events at that time. Uh, none of them were broadcasted. Then we did that deal where we kind of merged with Titan um, and, and then uh, RFA 4 and 5 were done um, on Access TV. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, some of the things that uh, that guy Joe Kelly at the time promised um, ended up not really following through. Mm. Thank God our attorneys who did the deal kind of put an out in, in the clause saying that if, if, you know, things weren't, you know, uh, copacetic on both sides, that by the end of that year, which would be 2012, uh, that we could, you know, we could uh, diminish the deal. And uh, basically, that's what ended up happening. He made a lot of promises he didn't follow through on. So we just decided to uh, go separate ways. Um, at that time, um, uh, you know, Access TV was not very happy with Titan, but really liked the type of cards and the type of events we were doing. So at that time, um, in the beginning of 2013, um, you know, we separated from Titan, and, um, and, uh, and then Access TV came directly to us, and we ended up doing a deal with them. So that's how RFA uh, got into um, uh, onto Access TV was actually through the merger but then it ended up not working out the way, uh, you know, we thought it would. But the good thing was is we ended up still with the television deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it a lot of times with, you know, the production company we work with, assembling the right team. Like sometimes things might seem good on paper, but 
you know, there's a mini slip between a cup and a lip. And like you said, sometimes a lot of people make promises they just don't come 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 through on. But here you guys are now, you know, however many years later with a very successful promotion. Obviously, the uh, Access TV deal kind of went away. Um, I don't know how you feel about talking about that, but I think I was absolutely relieved because your guys' product was so great. You guys were basically a feeder system for the UFC. So it's good to see you guys on UFC Fight Pass. What do you, how has that been, that transition, and how much was a blow to that, or how much was that of a blow to you guys getting, having that TV deal with Access removed, and how relieved were you getting uh, linked up with the UFC? Well, you know, um, you know, back back when the RFA, you know, the RFA and uh, Legacy, you know, we were both, uh, you know, ev- events on, uh, we were both events that were on Access TV, and you know, all. From a management background, you know, we were the first event ever. I, I don't think there was ever an event before ours in 2012 that came out and, and, and said, hey, we're a developmental organization for the UFC. A lot of times promoters had egos, you know, that say, oh, no, I'm going to be like the UFC or I'm going to be just like it or I'm going to be bigger. Or, you know, people would trip out. And, and I realized as a manager that, you know, we you take guys that were fighting in a, in a high school gymnasium in front of 500 people, the next thing you know, they get a phone call to fight in the UFC, and two weeks later they're walking out in the Staples Center in front of 18,000 people being broadcasted in over 200 countries, and uh, it was a shocker to them. So I always thought, hey, we got to develop something to help these guys develop I, I, and realizing that, that the, the sport needed something like that. And we were the first ones that come out and say that. And uh, I think we were embraced by the UFC. Um, as a matter of fact, we were the first uh, organization outside of the UFC to have the rights to use an octagon was the RFA because I oh, went wow. to Dana and I went to Dana and Lorenzo and I said, hey, listen, if I'm the developmental organization for the UFC, I want to be able to have them fight in an octagon. And uh, they were they were totally cool about it, and uh, we worked it something out, and we were able to license and use an octagon um, in the RFA. And and with that being said, you know, we were, um, you know, on Access TV, and Legacy was doing a great job, you know, with Mick Maynard at the time was running the ship there, and he was doing a great job developing great fighters like Holly Holm and, mm. and Henry Cejudo and Tim Mean. So many great athletes that came from Legacy, and so many times people would go back and forth um, saying, oh, man, Legacy's better than RFA or RFA's better than, than Legacy. And, and uh, you know, we always had a very friendly sort of relationship. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all have a little bit of competitiveness in it. Of course. And uh, I remember when that happened, uh, I, I, I said to Access TV, I said, hey, um, you know, people are going back and forth saying which is better or which is this. I said, Let's uh, let's let, let let's put it up. Let let let's have uh, an uh, RFA versus Legacy, and we did that back in May of 2015, and we did an event uh, that was on Access TV, which was a um, which was literally it was the first time ever in North America that two North American promotions went head up, uh, you know, against each other. And we did it on Access, and it really got a lot of buzz, and it was a great event. Um, we did three three fights of our guys fighting each other, and then we did one of our title fights, one of their title fights, and then the last fight of the night was their champion versus our champion for what they called the – we created a title called the Access TV Champion. Um, 
So, uh, so we ended up doing that, and uh, it was really cool. I mean, we went into, uh, we went into it. Uh, the first three fights, uh, the RFA won two of the fights. Legacy won one of the fights. And then we had the two title fights of each organization. And then the final fight was, um, was Damasio Page, which was their flyweight champion, versus Alexander Pontoja, who was our um, uh, flyweight champ. And uh, at the time, um, Demacio Page was the heavy favorite. And uh, it, it was, uh, you know, we went into that final fight, and uh, I don't know if you've ever got to see that fight, but it was an incredible ending. You know, at the end of the second round, uh, Pantoja had him in a triangle and was, you know, choking him out, choking him out, choking him out. The bell rang, and when they separated him, Demacio Page was passed out on top of him, and the fight was over. So, you know, the RFA ended up winning uh, uh, three of the fights, um, and they won one. But, uh, I mean, it was great that we won. Of course, that was awesome. But I think the biggest thing that we got from that was is that we saw that, you know, Mick was a great dude, and, and we could work together. Um, that was in 2015. Then, um, then we uh, – and then in that, you know, next year, in 2016, is when we started having the talks about, hey – you know, instead of people going back and forth and saying who's the, the who's the number three show or who's the number one developmental organization, I said, Mick, if we merge our companies, there's going to be no doubt in the world who the number one developmental organization is. And uh, you know, we kind of came to an agreement, and um, and we we announced that uh, in uh, 2000 uh, September of 2016, and we launched the LFA in January of 2017. Wow. Sometimes that's an interesting story, man. Very fascinating. Sometimes competition can breed collaboration and that's cool that it came together like that. And you guys have just been pumping it yeah. out. And, you know, obviously, you know, 2020 has been absolutely crazy. And you guys um, started back up, you know, got the machine back going. I think it was July, June or July. And um, obviously one of your announcers, one of my good friends, co-host of another show we do. You have a Croatian sensation, Pat Milicic, calling fights for you. You guys were just, I believe, right. in Kansas last weekend. And um, he sent me, I was calling fights for Cage Aggression, which he showed up to Saturday to call, but he sent me a clip of a, I mean, just insane knockout. Alex Pereira um, was going up against a gentleman by the name of Thomas Powell. Alex Pereira is the the guy who pretty much knocked out Israel Adesanya in the kickboxing days. This was an insane knockout. I'm looking for that guy to be in the UFC sometime soon. What's up with Pereira? Well, yeah, Pereira is definitely, you know, uh, you know, he's still technically under contract with Glory, but the deal that um, uh, that uh, was done with Glory, uh, because, you know, Alex was interested in crossing over to MMA, so we were able to kind of do a deal with them where it allowed him during his Glory contract to still be able to fight MMA in the LFA. And uh, last Friday was the first, uh, first fight of his uh in uh, in the LFA and and like I said he he delivered you know he lived up to uh, what everyone was expecting um, you know he's he's a very talented fighter and 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 I would have to say that you know um, you know I could see him in the UFC here very very soon a, a rematch between him and Izzy would be very very interesting I'm sure that would that would do some numbers. I mean, and again, you know, this has been such a crazy time to, to do what you do. And like I mentioned before, I announced for an organization called Caged Aggression MMA. We've literally had, you know, a back-to-back nights uh, of fights, September, October, and November. We just had our last one last weekend. 
And as you know, being in Iowa, the Iowa governor just made like a proclamation of new lockdowns, new restrictions. But Mike, being the awesome promoter he is, went to battle not just for his company, but for his fighters and for his fans, people who traveled and people who were cutting weight, etc. So we were able to do the event with a lot of concessions, no pun intended. There were no concessions. There were no was no food, no drink, but we still moved forward. How has that been for you guys making those adaptations to adhere to COVID guidelines, etc., while still creating content, putting out events? Yeah, for, for us, you know, um, like I said, we're, we're blessed to be with such a, a great television partner uh, like the, uh, the USC Fight Pass, you know. They understand the position we're in. They understand um, what a lifeline we are uh, to developing talent. And uh, we were able to make it work. You know, we had great partners with the UFC. And, uh, and also, you know, when, when we first started off, I mean, we were the second uh, company back to do that. And I think that the biggest thing that's been able to help us is having such a great distribution partners uh, that have been able to help us. Because without ticket revenue and without some of those things, it would be impossible to do a show. But um, the UFC understood that and helped us in many different ways. Uh, for us to make it feasible for us to be able to pull off shows. And uh, like I said, I mean, um, you know, uh, you know, I know that you mentioned earlier, and I didn't even touch on it with the whole Access TV thing. Um, you know, when the Access TV thing happened and they, they did what they did to us, um, it, was, it was devastating at the time. But, you know, um, I was very happy. You know, there, there's, there's organizations out there that have been in business for 10 years and, and, and have never really gotten a distribution deal. And I feel very fortunate with our relationship with the UFC, uh, the team that we have in place, and, and the product that we put out, that five weeks after we were let go from, uh, from them breaching their contract and, hmm. and shutting us down, uh, we, we were able to get a deal um, with UFC Fight Pass. And uh, like I said, uh, the only regret I have um, uh, with being with the UFC Fight Pass is that I, I wish we would have been there earlier. Uh, as far as partners, as far as the team, as far as what they've done for our brand, um, the notoriety they've given us and how much we've grown, uh, it, it's, it, it's tremendous. And, and I just feel very blessed and grateful uh, to have such great partners um, like UFC and UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I was really, I mean, I watched that quite frequently, man. I'm friends with, you know, I was Mike Kendall, Pat. I mean, I've always been a fan of your work. So it really did, it, you know, I was really upset for you guys, man, that that was kind of just yanked out of the, you know, the rug was yanked underneath you like that. But I was so relieved, man, because, you know, Pat being a UFC champion is nice for all of that to really come full circle. And, you know, I kind of what we talked about, I mean, you, you're obviously partnered up with the UFC, so it's, it makes things a lot easier for you. But I'm so glad you guys got back on track because, you know, with lockdowns, et cetera, what you do, what we do with promoting fights, it's kind of COVID proof to some degree. As long as we stay within the guidelines and, you know, have everybody tested and mask wearing, you guys are producing content and keeping content out there because people are staying at home and they just want stuff to look at, you know, and you guys, I mean, you guys absolutely bring the pain with, with LFA. So I was really, really happy for you guys to get to get back hooked up uh, with the UFC. And cool to see you guys going. Yeah, What's, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, it was it, it was it was great, and and uh, and I got to tell you, you know, when we first launched this thing, you know, we we partnered up with uh, Sanford Health in South Dakota, and they're they're a, they're a company out there that uh, that's based out of South Dakota, 
um, and we've had a long, uh, you know, relationship with them because we've, we, we were actually the first promoters as the RSA. Um, we, we have, you know, our promoter license is 0001. We were the first licensed promoters uh, when, when uh, in South Dakota when they actually put a, a sanctioning body in place. We were the first ones to have a promoter's license. So we had a great relationship with them. We utilized a venue that it's called the Sanford Pentagon out there that's owned by Sanford Health. So when we decided to go to, um, uh, to, to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at that time, you know, they had a very uh, low uh, amount of cases out there. And also with the, 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 the staffing and, and the whole medical background that they had, um, it made it a really uh, safe and easy transition uh, to um, to go there. And, uh, you know, like I said, without the UFC and Sanford Health, they're the ones that really uh, enabled us to be able to pull this off. And, and like I said, we're, we're very grateful that we were the second MMA organization back. And, uh, and like I said, we just keep moving forward and keep building. And, and that's, that's what we love to do. And that's all you really can do. Yeah, and it's... Uh... It's kudos, a testament to you guys' determination to keep your train moving, man. I'd, I'd love to see it. So moving on to, I'll let you side here in a minute, but I can't have a conversation with you without talking about one of my absolute favorites, like I said, one of the greatest to ever do it. Anderson, the, the Spider Silva, fought most recently against uh, Uriah Hall, didn't quite go the way he wanted it to. You know, Anderson, I mean, I know you probably, I don't know if you have this conversation, the man has really nothing more to prove. He is the GOAT and will remain the GOAT. What's that ride been like, man? I remember that first fight with Chris Lieben up until this last fight. What's this UFC ride been like, man? You know what, man? It, you know, um, I have to say, you know, it, 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 always, it, it wasn't always uh, uh, roses and a walk in the park, but I got to say that I'm extremely grateful for Anderson Silva and in, in, in what part he played in my professional career. And um, and the experience that I got and learned from him, and and, and I and I'd like to believe that you know hopefully uh, he feels the same way about us that we played a big part in his career. But you know it was just an honor to be by. Um, to me, he is the goat. Um, I know that he has some blemishes on his record, some losses, some things like that. But at the end of the day, when he was in his prime, doing what he was doing. You know, I can remember when he was in his prime, you know, fighting. I, I used to tell I used to tell people all the time that not only um, I would put him against any fighter in any weight division, and I and I believed 100% that Anderson Silva was going to beat anybody on the planet in any weight class during that time. I mean, the things he was able to do inside the octagon. The, the barriers he was able to cross. I mean, let's face it. He was the first uh, mixed martial arts athlete sponsored by Nike, man. Yeah. I mean, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And, people uh, forget about and, that and, one. And he brought, yeah. People forget about that. People forget about a lot of things, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, people forget about it. But to me, he's the greatest to ever do it. The greatest. I mean, that there was an era that there was an aura about him when he was what at that time that he really was untouchable and um and yeah. it, it was it was incredible it was incredible to be there by his side i'm, I'm i was privileged i was blessed and i was honored uh, every step of the way uh to to be by his side and and like i said he uh 
He is a huge, uh, a huge part of my resume, and, <laughs> I, and I'm very grateful and honored uh, uh, to, to to have been a part of it, and 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 blessed, really yeah. blessed, and, and like I said, blessed and honored is pretty much the word, you know, uh, the words that I I would say the best, you know. He, it, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was an incredible ride. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, have just so many memorable moments and times that I've, uh, that I've experienced with Anderson. And, uh, and like I said, I'm just lucky to have been able to do it. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, to be able to be alive, to have witnessed like a Michael Jordan or an Anderson Silva, I mean, you just don't see that kind of elite next level, you know, kind of ability. I mean, what he was doing to, I mean, what he did to Rich Franklin to win the title was amazing. Rich Franklin was a bad man. What he did to, I know you remember John Irvin. John Irvin was supposed to be like the next thing or whatever after he knocked out Houston Alexander. I mean, what he did to that man was just like soul crushing. James, James, James Irvin. I'm sorry, James Irvin. You're absolutely correct. I apologize. Or, or even yeah. like Forrest Griffin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had Forrest Griffin running Absolutely. out of the at Vitor Belfort straight front kick to the face. What is this karate kids? Like he was just doing things you yeah. didn't see. Even Joe Rogan, when he'd call it, be like, wow, this is just something special to be able to watch. So I can only imagine being able to conversate and rub elbows and, you know, just chat it up with, you know, the goat Anderson Silva. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was odd. And I think one of the, one of the coolest things I remember Joe Rogan saying, and I always remember it, he said, it is a ballet of violence, yeah. is what it was. It was a ballet of violence. It, it really was. I mean, nobody moved and did the things he did and was able to execute and was as precise as Anderson Silva. And, and I can remember sometimes sitting there talking to him, and, uh, and I would say, dude, like, you're the best. You know, don't you think? And he'd go, he goes, nah. He goes, I don't, I don't really think I'm the best, Ed. I, I just, I just feel that I could do things that people think are impossible. Yeah, that was a good impression because he always had that kind of like, eh. <laughs> just kind of. I hear yeah. for, I hear for fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Obviously, all the martial artists I've sp- spoken to, Pat, Boss, Stephen Wonderboy, Thompson. They're just true martial artists. They're really just, they could rip your head off if they needed to, but ultimately they're just the most chillest, humblest people oftentimes you could ever meet. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and sometimes people you wouldn't understand, you know. Uh, you know, there, there were times there where people started thinking, oh, Anderson's really thinking he's the shit now and thinking that. And, and, and you know, what people don't understand and... and um, and, and you know it's always it's always easy to sit back and say you know if I was in that position I would have never done that or I would have never yeah. acted this way. But I got to tell you something, man. When you are the greatest fighter on the planet for seven years, so think about that. Seven years. Not everywhere you went in the world, people were kissing your ass, telling you you were the greatest, that you're the baddest that you're this, that you're that, man, no normal human <laughs> being in their right mind can say what they do in that position. Because I can tell you, being by his side during that time, you know, you could be as humble as you want, but when you're traveling around the world everywhere you go for seven years and people are telling you how great you are, dude, that's a hard thing to... Uh, to swallow and overcome. Yeah, that'll that'll gas you up a little bit. Not only are people telling that yeah, to you, dude, you it, it, yeah, 
You really are. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, come on, think about it. seven years of you doing whatever you feel like doing in your mind to do that, you know, and, 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 and this whole approach to things. Like, I can remember that Rich Franklin fight, you know, um, at the end of the first Rich Franklin fight. I remember the date, dude, October 14th, 2006, where uh, we're there and, and we're in the locker room. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the fights are going on. And now all of a sudden, now I start getting nervous. I start fucking tripping out going, what the hell's going on, dude? Like, I'm about to have a guy go out and fight for this. is the first time as a manager that I've got a guy fighting for the world title. So I'm sorry, like, I started getting, getting tripped out. And Anderson was such a martial artist and such a G, dude, that he can notice that I was getting nervous. He was noticing in his locker room that I started to getting nervous. So as he's hitting mitts and doing things, he's looking at me and he's winking and he's kind of like, you know, trying to make me laugh. And I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, uh. But like, <laughs> you can tell that I got a, like a lot of shit going on in my mind. And, um, and then, and then sure enough, it, it, you know, the co-main event ended and, here comes Anderson coming out for the main event, and, and you hear Burt Watson going, we will land, you know, the whole, you know, here we go. And then all I of a sudden guy. I open up the door, and they, they open up the door. I open up the door, and I'm holding the door, and a couple of the coaches walks by, and then he walks by me, and he looks at me, and, and he walks by me, and then he takes a step back, he looks at me, and he winks, and he goes, relax. I'm going to knock Skinny out real quick. Let's go. <laughs> oh, shit. That's what he said to me, dude. He, he looked at me, and he, and he kind of stopped, paused, and he, and he said that. And I'll never forget that. He said, hey, relax. I'm going to knock Skinny out real quick. Let's go. And then when he did that, I'm like, fuck. How can I be worried? Look at what that guy just told me. Let's right. go. Let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and sure enough, he went out there and did that, you know? That's the day you go buy some lottery numbers, man. Luck is on. Not luck, I mean, but, you know, it was on, fortune was on your side that day. And what was so scary, man, that Rich Franklin, or the second one, he pretty much pretty went out and replicated the same performance, threw him in the plum and knee the shit out of him. It was just like, I just had to have been really demoralizing yeah. for him. Well, and I don't know how much, I'm going to let you side here in a minute and just ask you a couple more questions. And if you don't, how do you? I don't know if you want to chime in on this. How devastating and was it that the the catastrophic injury he had against Chris Weidman? What was his thoughts weeks, months after that? Did he think he was done? Did he think no, we'll be back, kind of thing? Because obviously that was a horrific injury. How how much? I guess psych, We saw the physical toll, but how much psychological toll did that take on him? If you don't mind answering. Um, you know what, man, Anderson was such a such a ninja about everything that he's, he's always been very calm. He's always been very calculated on things like that. So, you know, I'm sure mentally he was going through a lot of things. And, and I can remember that night very vividly because I didn't even realize what happened. Um, and then I was the first guy in the ring um, that was from his team. So, but one thing I do remember is I remember walking up and he was laying down and, and you could tell that he was, like, looking up, and, and he was, like, in pain, and he was kind of going into shock. But he, 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 when he saw me, it was like a face he recognized. And I could remember laying down and, and just kind of caressing his head, saying, hey, breathe, man, breathe. And as soon as I did that, they pulled traction on his leg. And I could remember the scream he gave and the face expression he gave. Was something that I'll never forget, you know. And I and I can recall 
um, you know, go into the hospital with him. I, I went with him, and then uh, he went into surgery. And then that night, uh, that night uh, after he got out of surgery, I was at the hotel, and, and then I went. And, uh, you know, I stayed, uh, I slept in a recliner for five nights next to his bed um, in the hospital as uh, until we were, were able to leave. And, and I remember the first night, you know, he didn't get out of surgery till probably about 3.30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, and he had a, 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 like a morphine drip uh, thing for the pain. So he was only able to press the button once every nine minutes, okay? So what would happen was is he'd be in pain, he'd press the button, the, the morphine drip would go in there, and then he would, uh, you know, and then he was able to go to sleep. But then he'd wake up because, you know, the morphine would only come when you press the button. Mm. So that first night, you know, he, would, he didn't sleep well. So the next night, man, I stayed up the whole night. And every nine to ten minutes, I was pressing the morphine drip so he could sleep the whole night. And, wow. you know, those are the kinds of things that, that you know, that's what you do, man. That that to me, it wasn't it wasn't that he was my client. He was yeah. my friend. He was my brother. He was my he was he was part of my family. So it's just like you know, those are the things that sometimes people don't understand. That the you know you know I've I've had I've had some of the most incredible moments in mixed martial arts um, by his side, and I've also had some of the worst moments in mixed martial arts by his side. And, and, and I don't regret any of them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I just feel grateful and blessed to be able to have experienced uh, all those moments with such an icon in the sport. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, nothing, nothing in life or anything like that is always roses and shun- sunshine, but that's deep, man. That's deep. That is uh that's, that's real loyalty. Ed. That's, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. And well, and in that, as I, Get ready to sign out here. As we look at Anderson's career, the man truly has nothing more to prove, and he's expressing that he does want to continue to fight. I know he was recently released by the UFC. I think I read something today that uh, one championship doesn't want to enter any kind of bidding for his services. What do you see his career as? Does he? And for me, I just I always hate to see whether it's Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, Chuck Liddell, anybody who's been just absolutely amazing just holding on maybe a little bit too long you don't have to chime on that because that's nobody's decision but the fighter to make that decision but what are your thoughts on him moving forward you know um at the end of the day it's so hard to speak on man you know at at the end of the day it's him it's him that's not a choice that anybody in the world can make other than himself right and um you know, I, I think he may be limited to where he may be able to go, and um, you know, who knows? I, I, I think uh, the, the 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 will to want to still compete, and 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 listen, man. Granted, he lost by TKO, but let's not forget, dude. He was up two to nothing, and and he was about ten to fifteen seconds away from being up three zero in the Uriah Hall fight. Yeah. Then he got clipped. Yeah. So let, let's be realistic. If it would have been a three-round fight, he would have won that fight. When he went the distance with Israel Adesanya, went the distance with Daniel Cormier, I mean, I, he still got it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and listen, he 
took, he took that fight. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny because there's always a, a figure of speech that people say like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't really train for this fight. Let me tell you something, dude. This is how much of an OG gangster Anderson Silva is, okay? <laughs> so, uh, so I'm sitting there in Vegas, and I, and I had Kat Zingano fighting that same night of UFC 200, right? I had her fighting that week. So I'm, I'm in Vegas, and as soon as that shit happened with uh, uh, Cormier, or I mean with uh, John Jones in the Cormier fight, and that came out, in the, and I'm sitting there in, on the couch in my hotel room, just sitting there, all of a sudden, I get a text message from, from Anderson saying, I'll fight the fat kid. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's what he sent me. He said, I'll fight the fat kid. <laughs> and I go, and I go, what? And I called him and I go, what? And he goes, yeah, man, I'll fight the fat kid. No problem. Tell Dana, I'll fight the fat kid. I said, dude, are you serious, man? I go, dude, you just had gallbladder surgery 55 days ago. You oh, haven't wow. trained. He goes, he goes, yeah, because remember, he was supposed to fight Uriah Hall in, at the end of April that year. Uh, uh, at the end of April that year, um, uh, but in Curitiba, but he had to pull out of the fight because he had emergency gallbladder surgery in, in Brazil. So then he, he basically had that surgery. He literally, when I say didn't work out, he did, didn't work out, dude. He didn't, wow. he didn't even train one day, not even one day. So, so then I called Dana, and I said, hey, Dana, Anderson says he'll fight Cormier. He's like, are you serious? And I go, yeah, man. He goes, find out if he's serious. I, and I called Anderson back. I go, hey, dude, I just talked to Dana. Dana's like asking me, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, I'm serious. Wow. And then, um, and then, and then the thing was is that he said, he says, but I only want to fight him three rounds. And I go, and then I called Dana, and Dana's like, well, dude, we want to make it a five round. We want to make it for the title. And I go, yeah, dude, but I go. But Anderson, you know, he hasn't really trained, Dana. He hasn't trained, and, 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 and he feels confident that he can hang with anybody for three rounds, but five rounds he feels like it may be a problem. He goes, oh, man, we got to make it for five rounds. And I, go, and I go, listen, I remember telling Dana and Lorenzo, I go, would you rather have a confident Anderson Silva for three rounds or an in, uh, unconfident Anderson Silva for five? <laughs> and then... And then he's like, he's like, he's like, well, you know, I can't do it. And it kind of went back and forth. And then that was on a, I want to say it was on a Tuesday night. No, no, it was on a Wednesday night. And then, um, then the, and that weekend, that weekend was the same weekend that they were inducting uh, Noguera into the UFC Hall of Fame. So Anderson was on his way out. Uh, to be part of the induction of, 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 of Big Nog into the, into the UFC Hall of Fame. So, so basically that whole, like, from 7 o'clock on Wednesday till all the way until Thursday morning, we're going back and forth, and Dana wants to do it for five rounds, and I said, dude, he's only going to fight for three, and then he's like, okay, then I'm not going to do it, and I said, okay, fine. So, so then Anderson is in his car with his kids driving to Vegas. And, um, and, uh, and then Dana calls me and goes, listen, if I do this fight for three rounds, will Anderson take the fight? And I said, yeah, but I'll call him right now just to confirm. 
And um, and he goes because I'll do it. I'll do it for three rounds. But he's got to. It's got to be one hundred percent for sure that he's going to do it. And I said okay. So I call Anderson, and Anderson's um, on the road, dude, with his kids in his car, uh, on the road from L.A. To, to, to Vegas, driving, right? And um, and I go, hey, dude, Dana just called and says he'll do the fight at three rounds. Are you willing to do it? And he goes, yeah, I'm willing to do it. He goes, I brought my mouthpiece. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, I brought my mouthpiece. I said, you brought your mouthpiece? He goes, yeah, I didn't bring anything else. I figured if I was to get in a fight, all I needed is my mouthpiece. So I just brought my mouthpiece. <laughs> and I go, all right, all right. So then so then the fight happens, and he wasn't choking, dude. He didn't bring anything. He brought just his mouthpiece. He didn't have any gloves. He didn't have any equipment, nothing. He shows up in Vegas with just his mouthpiece 48 hours before fighting wow. Daniel Cormier. With just his mouthpiece. And when I say he didn't fight or didn't train, he didn't fucking train. The only thing he did was hit mitts on that Thursday night and Friday. Made weight and fought. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not about it's, it's not about that, L's and W's. Yeah, that's that's one no, of those things. Dude, that, that, that guy's a fucking, he's a legend. Yeah, he's dude. a legend. And, and, and that's why I'm saying that it almost seems like I, I wrote wrote that's made that stuff up. But you know, and I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch that documentary that we produced of, of Anderson called Like Water. Oh yeah. But I could tell. Yeah, I mean that 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 documentary is really give I, I felt a, a behind the scenes look of what and who Anderson Silva really is. Well, and it, obviously it ended well. You know that documentary ended with him. Uh, I think it was the, the first Shell Sonnen fight. That obviously would have been yeah, a different ending, different ending to that movie, and that's another you know aspect of why he is the goat. The way he was literally snatched victory from the mouths of defeat in that fight. I mean, that was a very gutty performance from Shale, but the way he just pulled out that triangle at the end was just like, like you just don't. It's like you're right, like you said, it's like it's written in a movie or something. You just don't get that kind of storybook well, ending. Well, one hundred percent. Like if that was if that wasn't a documentary, and it was a movie. You'd say, of course, the, the the movie ends like that. It's a movie, right? Yeah. Of course, it ends like that. But the thing that's crazy is, imagine if Rocky was a documentary. That's what that was. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Totally. I'd highly recommend that to people. If you're just an MMA fan in general, that documentary, Like Water, is is pretty powerful stuff. Man, yeah, it was an incredible. That was another great experience that I got to do is to be an executive producer of that documentary. And for us to win an award at the Tribeca Film Festival, it was just like, like I said, you know, um, Anderson Silva has enabled not only himself, but so many other people around him to cross so many barriers. And that's why I just feel blessed and fortunate to have, uh, you know, and like I said, it wasn't all roses, dude. Yeah, yeah. We've had our bad times, too. But overall, man, it, 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 I wouldn't change anything, man. I, I really wouldn't. And uh I'm just blessed and, and grateful to have been able to experience what I did with him. And, and, and to be honest with you, as a manager, I've just been blessed and grateful to experience so many great things. Uh, like, you know, to be able to work with Leoto Machida, to work with the Noguera brothers, to work with Glover Teixeira, to work with, uh, you know, so many uh, greats and future Hall of Famers. 
um, it's just it's just it's just been a it's just been a great ride. And, well, and you're gonna I've have a very lucky. You're gonna have a very uh, good book, my man. But like anything else in life, like you said, you can't have the good without the bad. That's and it's really powerful stuff you're saying about uh, by being by Anderson's side during you know during that dark dark time. You've obviously forged a very very powerful friendship, brotherhood, whatever you want to call it. But obviously, it transcends that like you said, manager client relationship, and that's that's really cool, man. And the fight game sometimes you just don't. Uh, like you said, people don't actually uh, fulfill all their obligations or not what they appear, just kind of shady sometimes in the game. But that's really cool that you guys have the relationship that you do. Before I let you slide, man, 2020 has been crazy. What do you guys have in store for 2021? Man, you know, uh, 2021, man, I'm, 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 you know, with LFA, I'm extremely excited about what we're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're really looking at opportunities of expanding, um, our, our, our footprint globally, um, we're really looking at, uh, you know, expanding internationally possibly next year, and things are looking really good. And uh, like I said, I'm just excited to be able to, uh, in 2021, to be putting on 24 kick-ass shows on UFC Fight Pass. And um, like I said, just blessed to just keep building talent and, uh, and just keep just keep that factory going, man. You know, Absolutely. like I said, you know, over over thirty percent of uh, uh, of the UFC's current roster are LFA alumni, and and not only the UFC, but you know, we're sending a tremendous amount of people to Bellator too. And you know, you know, people are always saying that you know, we we not only want to be the number one developmental organization for the UFC, but we want to be the number one developmental organization of the sport. So, you know, we, our goal that we set out was to be the NC, you know, the Division One NCAA of our sport, <laughs> and, I, and, and I feel that uh, we've gotten there. And now it's just a matter of keep breaking barriers and keep doing better because now that we're ahead of everybody, I don't want to let anybody even come close. I just want them to, <laughs> you know, feel the vapors. Absolutely. In the rearview mirror, man. Well, you're obviously good at That's it. You it. know what you're doing. You know how to cultivate talent. You know how to produce a very, you know, elite level production, man. I'm really stoked for you, man. I'm glad you guys found a home back in the UFC. And um, I really can't thank you enough for your time, man. Again, I, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate what you do, your work, and just hanging out. You were, uh, you know, very uh, down to earth kind of cat, man. I was really. I'd love to pick your brain. I'm sure the book, when it comes out, it's gonna ha- be chock full of even more stories. I can only imagine. Yeah, man, but and I gotta say, you know, you know, it's it's very nice, you know, that I'm, you know, being the CEO of the company, you know, I get a lot of praise. Um, I get a lot of praise for what we do with the LFA. But I gotta tell you, man, that um, I'm just a small, real, really, a, and I'm not saying this to try to be humble. I, I'm saying this to be the truth. I, I'm really a small part of it, man, because you know my business partner Sven Bean and Mark Berry and and our production team from Chris Markwell to Jamie uh, Mc, uh, Mc, God, I can't, can't pronounce his name right now. Uh, uh, Jamie um, Mick. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, Jamie Mick. Yeah, exactly, Jamie Mick. But but uh, um, I mean, just our whole production team and having Pat Militich and. And, and, and having, uh, uh, you know, just, just the whole staff and team that makes, that makes this thing possible. It really, uh, 
McClintock. That's what it was. I, I for some reason I couldn't I couldn't come out of my mouth. And Jamie McClintock and 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 AJ and and Wade and 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 just everybody that that puts it together. We really truly have a family and a team. You know, Ron Kruk and 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 Pat Miletic and and it's like you know really then it's everybody yeah team, everybody together is what really makes it and and i and 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 okay i'll take some of the responsibility for it but i gotta tell you man i i'm just a small part of it it's everybody uh working together is what really has made us successful and i'm just blessed to have the team that uh I'm blessed to have the team that I have uh, to make it look so easy. Well, and I'm sure they appreciate you recognizing that. And like me being a part of Cage Aggression MMA, you know, it's one of the largest promotions in the Midwest. And that you are so very correct. Mike Goodwin, the CEO, could not do this by himself. He's had to assemble the right team, and that's exactly what it's taken. So that's um, I'm, I'm just really happy for you guys and looking forward to 2021. Any social networking you can throw out there? We can either follow you or the promotion. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously my Instagram is, uh, you know, and everything is Ed Blackhouse, um, and then LFA Fighting, uh, at LFA Fighting is our Instagram and, and our Twitter and all of that, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what we do, man, and, and, and like I said, I'm just blessed to uh, have, have been able to make it through this year and navigating through all the adversities that we had to navigate through and um i gotta say this was a very successful year for us and uh, i'm looking forward to 2021 even being more successful and uh i just hope people keep tuning in and 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 hopefully people appreciate and recognize what we're doing and uh and and what we keep doing absolutely keep it up man LFA Legacy Fighting Alliance can be found on UFC Fight Pass. This has been Ed Soares. Thank you again so much, Terry, for your time, brother. Enjoy your holidays and enjoy and get into kicking ass in 2020, my friend. I thank you so much. Thank you, man. Take care. Absolutely. You too.